What's up, Ram Nation? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. Appreciate everybody that tuned into DNVR Rams live Sunday morning. I'll be back next Sunday morning after the Wyoming game as well. So make sure you tune in as well as Thursday morning, like usual, 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time, DNVR Sports YouTube. Of course, I'll always post that audio right here in your feed as usual. Uh, After that live broadcast, I was able to catch up with a good friend of mine, Will Darkey. He used to intern for us a little bit on the, the college basketball side. He's actually a CU graduate, but he's a huge college basketball fan as a whole. He's locked into the Mountain West. Actually went so far as to say that uh, there are six major basketball conferences and the Mountain West is one of them. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview with Will. We chopped it up about the league as a whole, talked about you know, who he views as the the front runners. We talked about the Pac-12. We talked about some of the the national teams that have stood out. It, it was really fun. I mean, I, I haven't had a, a ton of opportunities to dive into the national landscape this year just because with so much going on in the Mountain West, man, I'm, I'm watching more league games than ever. But this was a great opportunity to kind of go back to the DNVR madness roots from a couple of years ago when I was hosting, you know, a, a weekly national college basketball podcast. Anyways, instead of me continuing to ramble on, I'm going to get to that conversation with Will Darkey. We dove into the national landscape, the Mountain West, CSU, CU, talked a little bit of everything. It was a ton of fun. Uh, before we get to that, it shouldn't be stressful buying tickets, and with game time, it doesn't have to be. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever you need. They've got it. They've got killer last-minute deals, and what's really convenient about game time is you get the all-in price right up front. You're not going to get screwed with a bunch of fees at the end, which is the case with so many you know ticket providers these days. On top of that, they have the best price guarantee if you can find a ticket in the same section, same row for less, they will uh, match it up to 110% of the difference. Game time really takes the the guessing out of buying tickets. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it really is the best place to find last-minute deals. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, use that code DNVR for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, we've got friend of the pod, Will Darkey, college basketball aficionado. He's a buff CU graduate, but I mean, we're not all perfect. You know, the, the Lord does forgive. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Will's a good dude. He's done some stuff helping us out on the college basketball side at DNVR over the last couple of years. He is locked into hoops, and I figured he would be a good guy to get on and just kind of talk about college basketball as a whole. Uh, the Buffs, who are on a three-game win streak, that, you know, that win over CU, we do need to follow them and kind of see what happens with them. And then just the the national college basketball landscape. Uh, but first things first, man, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah. Um, 
unfortunately I am a CU grad, so I got a soft spot for uh, my buffs, but at the same time, I can respect good basketball when I see it. And it's tough to not respect CSU right now. And more specifically, Isaiah Stevens, easily one of my favorite people to watch. So happy to be here and happy to just talk all college hoops with you. I'm with you, dude. Honestly, like I watch a lot of Pac-12 hoops. I enjoy, especially right now, Cody Williams and and KJ Simpson are are a blast. I mean, we are rivals year round technically, but I don't know. I just feel like it's gotten a a lot more spiteful and like nasty just with the the Dion J. Norvell stuff, you know, like the last couple of years online have really lit a fire to the CSU-CU dynamic and I get it. And again, like I'm a Ram, but also it's like so many of us grew up in this state, interact with people that went to, you know, the, the opposite school. So this is going to be a civil podcast. Uh, I did get one jab in. It was a little below the belt. So I'm going to, I'm going to clean it up. You know, that the refs, they've got their eyes on me, <laughs> not a technical, but you know, I, I got to watch it. <laughs> What's your impression of the mountain West, man? Because obviously nationally it's getting quite a lot of attention and you know, I do think San Diego State making the national title game last year kind of helped validate the league and put it in a spotlight, gain some of the respect back, just, I don't know, validation. Like, the league is always good, but it struggled in the tournament. So, like, I feel like we kind of get memed at times. But right now, the Mountain West is kind of as strong as ever. And, you know, what's your perspective on it as a just a college basketball fan as a whole? Yeah, um, I feel like when you look at college basketball, it's there's it's a little different from college football, where with college football, you've got the power five and then the group of five. And with college basketball, you call it the power six because you include the Big East. And I do think this year you have a power six conferences. But if I'm being completely honest, as a buff and Pac-12 fan in the Pac-12's last season, I think there's a power six and the sixth conference is the Mountain West over the Pac-12. It is like just watching those games right now. It's kind of night and day. I turn on like an Oregon state home game. They'll be hosting Cal or something. And they maybe have like 500 people in the venue. And that's a bad exaggeration, but like the arenas are lifeless. The, the atmosphere just isn't there, but then just going back, like the one that has really stuck with me and I, Sorry to bring this up, but the Colorado State-Utah State game, that was a college basketball atmosphere like that is like far and few between. Like you just don't see atmospheres like that. But at the same time, break too. like that was a sellout for them without even students back on campus. 100 percent. Yeah. But not to say like that's the only time it's happened because I've been I feel like I've been pretty tuned in with Mountain West basketball. Um, I'd say like all season, but specifically like as conference plays ramped up because the games have kind of been must watch, but no matter what arena you go into, maybe with like a couple exceptions, like Fresno state and air force kind of like the top dogs are all insanely hostile environments. And it's, I think the mountain West deserves some, some like a spot in the conversation about being like a high major conference Specifically, like when you it. look at the talent that's high. being played, yes. oh yeah, the no, talent that's going. being played, as well as I look at like the Big Twelve, the SEC, even the Big East. Like it is 
nearly impossible to win a game on the road in those conferences because those schools like pour so much into their basketball programs. And then you get down into smaller uh, conferences, like I was saying, and it's the arena could get filled up for a rivalry game, but it'll also be dead on like a Wednesday night. But then you see the Mountain West, like they are filling arenas and so many of these fan bases are like so charged up right now. And it, I don't know, it's must watch basketball. And I am, yeah, just as a college basketball fan, I'm eating up every single ounce of Mountain West basketball I can get right now. It is so fun. Man, you just, I, I bring you on and I give you a jab and you just come on and now you're so endearing and I just look like an even bigger asshole now, but um, no, dude, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's fun to see all these teams locked in. And I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to take shots at the PAC 12 cause I do think it, it varies by year. And obviously, you know, you could go to a place like Tucson, you know, and it's going to be packed, you know, Boulder when they're good, it can be rocking, but it, it is, you know, when you turn on like an Oregon state gal, it's just like, oof. I, at the same time though, you know, going into the big 12 next year, like that's going to be a gauntlet for CU. That yeah. conference is just going to be insane, but, um, let's stay on track. Let's, let's talk about the mountain West some more. Who are the, you know, kind of top dogs in your opinion, if you had to power rank or, you know, just kind of, it doesn't have to be definitive, but like, who are the teams that stand out to you? Yeah, I've got the standings pulled up right now and I've, I've been just going back and forth for like the past half hour. I can pull things about like each I'm looking at like the top five teams. So I'll list the top five teams, um, Utah state, Boise state, New Mexico, San Diego state, and Colorado state. That's how they line up right now for the top five. And I think you can kind of separate those from the rest. You can maybe include Nevada. They're on a three game losing streak though. So I'm a little off them right now. Um, if I had to like, pick one of those five teams right now though i think i lean new mexico i just i love watching their offense jalen house jamal mashburn donovan dent's been like an incredible like welcoming surprise for them so they've been a ton of fun but then you look at it and they go to colorado state and they lose and it's i don't i don't think it's uh i i really hope the committee doesn't look at the mountain west as like this mid-major conference where like it's like cannibalization and they're just nobody can beat nobody so like is anybody really that good what i think there's like five incredibly elite teams and they all in my opinion kind of like deserve a spot in the tournament but i think yeah i lean new mexico at the top i think i maybe go csu too um it's it's really tough to like i feel like college basketball's maybe shied away from having true star players it's i think it's become a little more team oriented but i think at the same time it's still it's still tough to not like pick a team that um has a guy like isaiah stevens that can just be a game changer take control of a game and kind of be like the sole factor um in a rams win but it's not just Isaiah Stevens either. Um, I mean, Neek's Neek, been incredible. Neek has been, as a CU fan, like I am so incredibly happy for Neek and just like the blossoming that his game has, um, that we've just seen with him uh, in FOCO now. It's 
it's so cool. So happy for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I get it, man, I, dude. Like you're, you're splitting hairs. And the thing is, is like, you could see, you can talk yourself into any of these teams. And I mean, it's, it's hard exactly. to preview the matchups. I was talking about this UNLV game and it's, you know, you could see a situation where an inconsistent UNLV team comes into Moby and just gets rolled. That's obviously not what happened. It's not what I expected. And they gave CSU a great game. I mean, they have as much talent as anybody in the league. They had a slow start, but it's it's just interesting to see. And like you see a San Diego State, they pull out a couple of wins. You're starting to feel high. Now they lose back-to-back games on the road. And, you know, just kind of going back to your original point, I think that's how it's going to be this year in the Mountain West. Like, the league winner has never had five conference losses before. I think it's a given this year just because I, I don't see any of these top teams sweeping maybe maybe you get lucky and you sweep one you know like of the the other top five but to do it twice like i mean it's just gonna be so challenging yeah and i love like i'm big on the um like the narratives within college basketball like I, i like looking at the numbers but i think you then also need to pull into account like the human aspect and like the rivalry and the ambiance that comes with these games. So for instance, like New Mexico going into Moby, losing to Carter state. Um, when I do, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I do assume you guys then have to go to the pit, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. CSU's got a, a tough stretch coming up here in February where in like 10 days, they go to Viejas to the pit and have Utah state at home. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be tough. <laughs> That is, yeah, that's actually a gauntlet. And that's kind of what I was going back to what I was saying about, I really hope the committee looks at that. And no matter like how Colorado State like comes out of that, they don't look at it as like, okay, Colorado State just kind of got cannibalized and like they're a bubble team. I think it more needs to be um, that they, the Mountain West, I've said it so many times already now, but like it's just full of completely loaded teams and no matchup kind of at the top should be taken for granted. But if anything, um, yeah, you can like talk about it with like the metrics of like quad one, quad two wins. But I think you also need to just take into account. I think the Mountain West as a whole needs to be propped up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I do think avoiding the the bad losses is going to be so key for these teams. And I mean, you mentioned Nevada, who's now on a three game losing streak the loss at Wyoming, that's, that's tough metric wise. It's really going to hurt you going to Laramie is not easy and CSU has to do it next weekend. So I'm, I'm certainly not going to, you know, puff my chest or anything going into that game, especially, you know, the dynamic of a rivalry like CSU Wyoming. But I, I hope that the committee gives the Mountain West the respect. I think they will. I think the metrics being this, you know, telling this far into the season is huge. But I do think the big key for these teams is going to be like, you can have some grace, you know, if you lose to the San Diego States, the Utah States, the Boise States, New Mexico's of the world. If you lose to, you know, the Fresnos or the Air Forces, and obviously the Rams damn near did that earlier this week. Those are the ones that's going to kill you. But at the same time, like in a 30 plus game season, you have to be able to survive these tough stretches. And the fact that, the Rams now have been able to get back-to-back double-digit comebacks. It was at home. It's what you're supposed to do. But they avoided the the catastrophic losses. And, 
you know, now hopefully they can kind of build some momentum off, momentum off of it moving forward. Totally. And yeah, just looking at the standings right now and Carter State, this, sorry, this is like a time tangent. I'll make it quick, but Carter State 10 and one at home with their one loss being St. Mary's completely random tangent, but I, the St. Mary's loss is starting to look better and better. They've won 11 of their last 12. And so it is um, outside of that one loss. It is so huge that Colorado state's been able to like hold serve on their own home court. And um, but just to then wrap up that point I was making about having to go to the pit, New Mexico is going to be hungry for that win. You saw it when San Diego state had to go to New Mexico last weekend. It was like that again, was just such a hostile environment. And it's like you said, it's going to be nearly impossible to like sweep teams like that in the mountain West. You're, you're happy. You should be happy to come out with a season split if I'm being completely honest, but if you are able to sweep them, then like, that is an incredible look on the resume, in my opinion. I'm with you. And and you're, I mean, you're preaching the gospel right now. This is the, the, the points I've been trying to drive home for weeks and weeks and weeks. It is one of those, when you care this much, when you, you know, especially the Rams were ranked for seven or eight straight weeks, like you get this invested. So the losses, they sting and they should, because, you know, this is a team with great expectations because of what they've already accomplished, how much talent they have the experience at the same time, losing doesn't invalidate what you've accomplished. You know, like you are losing to other quality programs. And I think you starting this interview by kind of, you know, saying, yeah, there, there are power six leagues and the mountain West is one of them. I'm with you. It is a high major in my opinion, at least compared to, to some of the other leagues this year. Like, I mean, I think you look top to bottom. I think it's harder than even like the ACC. Yeah, like the top 100%. teams are good, but it's just interesting to see what the dynamic is. I'll be very curious to see, uh, you know, what happens come Selection Sunday. I'll be interested to see who actually survives this gauntlet of a league and pulls out the the conference title in the Mountain West tournament. I do want to get your opinion though, just kind of on CU uh, the the national landscape as a whole before we do though just kind of putting a bow on it as far as csu goes you've had a chance to watch them this year you know we've talked about isaiah we've talked about neek what do you think is going to be key for them for like being able to make some type of run here um the easy like kind of lame answer is health um you just look at the Rams season did not go how they wanted wanted it to go last year and a lot of that was just could not keep like a solid steady rotation there was guys coming in and out of the lineup all year and just riddled with so many injuries so health is the big one but that's that's what it's like for everybody um i think the the big e down the stretch for Carter state i i love watching them because of how many like open three looks that they can create and not to compare them to creighton because I mean, you guys played Creighton earlier this year and destroyed them, but I've watched enough Creighton games this year to see them like be so incredibly hot and then just go so ice cold and become like one of the most inept offenses I've seen all season. And I think that is something that um, the Rams need to like be a little cautious about. I feel like they, they somewhat play a similar style um, and 
they can get a little three heavy for sure. I thought they got a little three heavy uh, against UNLV. I mean, it they hit yeah. some of them late, and I'm with you. The looks are open and they're in rhythm. Uh, they they need the guys outside of Neek and and Isaiah to start hitting them is really what it comes down to. Totally. Cartier on the season has been very efficient, mostly from the top of the key, and that's big for just kind of opening up the the driving lanes and and cutting lanes and all kinds of spacing stuff. But yeah, I mean they need Lake and and Strong and Joe Palmer off the bench. Like these guys are getting open looks. They just really for all of conference play outside of maybe New Mexico, they haven't been able to hit them. Yeah, I think like the Rams are totally they are good enough to get by with those guys not hitting threes. But I think, like you said, if you've got Lake, if you've got Palmer, if the role players are stepping up and yeah, like just hitting the, like hitting their threes, like at their spots, then the Rams just become this whole nother level of dangerous. So I don't know if that was necessarily like, um, what to watch out for for their floor but it's more like if if their that ceiling, can happen yeah. for them yeah then like their ceiling just gets raised to a whole nother height i'm i think that's astute i'm with you we'll get right back to that conversation with will but high plain strains provides top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products check them out for all your needs including infused edibles high potency concentrates some of the best flour in the state there are three High Plains strains locations in northeastern Colorado, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. If you're out there, they are the dispo for you. Save time by ordering ahead online at highplainsstrains.com. Pick up conveniently, and all their locations have drive throughs which is awesome. Make sure you use that code DNVR online or mention it in stores. Some of their deals include a full ounce for 80, uh, Mammoth 1-gram cartridges for 15, Exquisite Extracts 4 for 40, Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in store to take advantage of these high plain strains deals. I also want to shout out Breckenridge Brewery. There's just nothing better than having an ice cold Breck brew in hand. They've got a wide variety, so it's it's great. You know, they have a little bit of something for everyone. Avalanche Amber Ale is a classic. You can't go wrong with the good company hard seltzers, Mountain Beach Sour. You name it. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you finally fubo tv is the best way to stream 140 plus live channels of sports shows movies and news you can stream from any device it's the best way to watch the most colorado sports for the lowest price what's great is you can start watching immediately with a free trial no contract no cable no hassle just sign up and start watching you're gonna get a thousand hours of cloud dvr included at no extra charge you can watch the the local teams while traveling which is really convenient it's the best way to keep up with the Nuggets, with the Avs, uh, CSU basketball. You know, you can get CBS Sports Network and FS1 on there for cheaper than you can uh, with the cable providers. Watch all your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off the first month of Fubo Pro. See you. You know, they had the three-game losing streak all on the road, though, which, you know, it is tough to go on the road in any league. They win three straight at home. That makes sense. What's kind of stood out to you about this CU team? Um, for me, the the starters have played really well in this three-game winning streak. You're getting a, a diverse scoring output. Cody Williams has obviously taken his game to kind of a, the next level from what we saw early on in the season. I think he's just found his confidence, like kind of realized, oh, yeah, I, I am that that guy. Like 
and it makes sense, you know, when you're 18 years old and trying to make that jump, it's it's going to be a little bit of a process. How high are you on this team? I know, you know, during the losing streak, you were getting a little down. I saw some of the tweets. I was. Um, I still think they're a top two team in the league. Yeah, it's a. Uh, for some Buffs fans, I'll I'll preach to the choir for them. There's this like. Uh, this running hashtag that's kind of. It's had life for quite some years now, but I've seen it more and more within the past couple of weeks. And it's hashtag road tad because the whole joke is like roll tad, roll tide. But then there's road tad. And if you look at it, um, his overall winning percentage in his tenure with the buffs is I think if you if you like go back all 12 years for college basketball, I think the buffs rank either 361 out of 362 in like true road win percentage. And so it it gets frustrating when the buffs have to go on road stretches and then they come back home 0-3. Um, but I think a lot of that goes with the injuries that the buffs were dealing with, specifically Cody Williams. If I had to compare him completely out of the sport, he reminds me a lot of Kale McCarr on the abs. <laughs> He's this like humble, pretty quiet, keeps to himself, but like, Maybe inside he really does truly know how good he is, but he just doesn't express it all that much. Like he's not too outwardly vocal and like hot shoddy. Um, but then I also just with Kale, when he's like come back from injuries, it's sort of I he doesn't like come back and immediately become like a team killer again. It's sort of a slow roll for him. And that's really what I saw with Cody, where he started off the season slow, really specifically second half of the CSU game is where I think he realized like, Oh, I am good enough to play this level and I should dominate. But then he got injured, um, was out for a whole entire month and was able to come back, uh, in the Arizona state game on the road for the buffs. They weren't able to pull that one out. Cody like looked good at times in that game, but it was flashes. And I think now with the home stretch that the buffs just had, they've gotten way back into like this rhythm of okay all five of us like know how to play we know how to move like it's more of this fluid rhythm again and so i'm kind of i don't want to say like i'm back on the train i never got off the train but i just wasn't enjoying the train ride as much and now it seems like the the bumpy tracks have uh have passed us and i i'm i'm back on feeling feeling more hopeful that we do have a huge stretch Coming up this this next week, um, have to go up to Washington to play the, the Washington schools. And the PNW has not been kind to the Buffs in their tenure in the pack. So uh, those Washington are and Washington things. State are weird this year. Like you see the the spurts, but they're just so inc- like I could see that being a two game losing streak. Like if you you run into them when they're hot, but. Washington, especially, I mean, I've watched them against a lot of Mountain West schools this year. It's like, that's a winnable game. I mean, I feel like that's one for their tournament resume. You kind of got to have it circled, right? Especially after losing those other three. Yeah. The Washington schools scare me. Like Washington, I feel like they've got, they've got some really fun pieces that I like bringing both Keon Brooks and Savir Wheeler from Kentucky. Like they've got SEC caliber guys playing on that team. And so they can, I think that team kind of can beat you any night. 
they did it to Gonzaga earlier in the year. Yeah, maybe Gonzaga is actually not all that we thought they were, but they held strong on the road at CU and they played CSU tough earlier in the non-conference slate. And then you look at Wazoo and they were able to take down for two years, two years in a row now, they've upset Arizona. Last year was on Arizona's home court in McHale. And this year they were kind of able to handle them up in Pullman. And I, I don't know. It's, it's cliche to say, but like there are no off nights in conference play. And that's not just for the PAC 12, that's all conference play. Um, and so these, these are some huge games and I'm pretty sure the buffs don't have a true road. Yeah. They don't have a true road win yet this season. So it would be nice before the calendar hits February to <laughs> get your first true road win. <laughs> How many PAC 12 teams make the big dance? Oh God. Um, right now, I think I lean three. I think I lean Arizona. Arizona is the clear favorite. They've had some weird slip ups here and there, but I actually really like Arizona as a whole. I think they're a really electric team and Caleb love has fit in a lot better than I thought he would. He he's kind of found like a new home away from home. Um, I, I pick Colorado as my second team. I think they are still the second best team. And then I go Oregon third. Um, they have the best conference record right now. They've they've gotten through so far, like the majority of their schedule pretty unscathed. So I think they'll have to do some decent damage to like completely take themselves out of the conversation. And right now I think they're hovering right around where they need to be. Arizona State and Utah, you can like maybe talk me into like being in the bubble or potentially being like bid stealers, but um, right now I lean three. I think that's what I, I've seen some bracketologists only put two in, but I just, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, same way if we're being honest, I, I do think the Mountain West is going to get five bits this year. I think that's going to happen. Six I'm skeptical do. of just because of bid stealers. Like, I don't think we yeah. factor that enough. Like there's going to be multiple conference tournament upsets. It, it cost CSU a, a tournament appearance a couple years ago. So like, even if you there you are de- deserving, I do think there is ultimately probably going to be one Mountain West team that gets left, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, and just got to hope you're not it. I guess. Totally, yeah. I, I really hope, yeah. Just looking at the five teams in the Mountain West that are sitting at the top right now, they all are so deserving of a spot in the Big Dance, and so I, I personally really hope that. Um, five teams make it but the mountain west you have also you've got nevada three game losing streak but still they've got some really scary pieces in blackshear and lucas and unlv they've they they're kind of colorado state light in my opinion this year like diet colorado state or whatever you want to call them where they they took down creighton um they went on the road and beat boise state which was a really impressive win um so they they, they should can, have beat Utah uh, State on the road. They, I mean, yeah, that that was a crazy finish of the game. I, you just reminded me of that. That was a crazy game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's there there are going to be bid stealers outside of the Mountain West, but I think you also need to be wary of bid in the stealers West, in yeah. the Mountain West too. Yeah, it's so the Mountain West Conference. There's a short list of conference tournaments that I want to watch that I'd like put above the mountain West. They're 
they honestly like might be one, maybe two, and there's another one. But yeah, it's, it's going to be, be particularly watch. fun this year because when you have New Mexico and San Diego State, both those fans travel well. Wyoming travels well inherently. Utah State, when they're good, they travel well. CSU, you assume if they're in the top, you know they're going to have their contingent. So it's going to be really rough you know, really rocking and, you know, hopefully high level basketball. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but before we get out of here, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit on the national landscape. I haven't done a a ton of national talk this year just because we've been so locked in on the Mountain West. I mean, it's a lot just to to cover these teams, but who's kind of stood out to you so far nationally? Yeah. Um, it's kind of tough specifically because not this week we just had, but as two weeks ago, when if you had a number next to your name, you've lost a game. It felt like, like that, that was just a huge shakeup in the polls and it made it tough for like any narratives I was building in my head of like teams. I liked just, they kind of went out the window that week. Um, <laughs> but the, the one team that I've like kind of stayed true with all season and now they're sitting at the top is UConn. Um, when they won the national championship last year, the night that they won, I put a future bet down on them to win it this year, thinking that they would bring back a lot of, a lot more production than they actually did. I thought like Sonogo would be back and stuff, but yeah, he ended up not, but Donovan Klingon just got back from um, his little injury stint that he had. And um, Tristan Newton's playing at like an all American level. And I just, I don't know, Dan Hurley proved that he, can do it. He literally did it last year. And so it's, it's tough for me to not. Their uh, ceiling feels the highest. The like when they turn it on, yeah. they just throttle teams. Yeah. And like uh, Cam Spencer, the transfer they got has just, he's, he's been so much more impactful for them than I kind of thought he would. I thought he'd be a decent role player, but he's filled up a much better role than I thought. And then the other one, I'd say I'm kind of picking like at the top of the pile, but That's Purdue fair gives me like Virginia, what is that? Is it Virginia 2019, 2018? Yeah, when 19? they when they were the first when they get bounced, yeah. they come back and win the title for 60. Yeah, one. it feels yeah. a little it feels a little like revenge seasony and like Edie Zach good, Edie, man. Zach Edie's just playing on a whole nother level. And I saw some other college basketball outlet, I forget who it was. They were talking about when like Dalton Connect, for instance, also want to give some love to Colorado kid Dalton Connect. He's been playing like out of this world but dropped like 36 um, the other day <laughs> yeah but when he's it's been like oh dalton connect just went off again he had 36 and x amount of rebounds which is like totally props to dalton connect but at the same time zach Eady is kind of just like routinely putting up 30 and 10 like 30 and 10 double doubles and it's now it's kind of like Jokic, where i think people are just getting used to it that it's like oh you had a sombor double like why didn't you get the other assist Jokic? like I think people are getting so used to the superb play of Edie that, and they just want to look back at like, oh, he's he's playing well, but yeah, you guys lost to Fairleigh Dickinson last year. That I think they got a little revenge season, like we're out for blood this year. That like their their guards look a lot better this year, Lloyd and Smith, and I don't know. I think uh, uh, kind of going back to the narrative thing that I was saying, I like buying into narratives in college basketball. And I think Purdue's got a good one building. I like that. I mean, I, I'd like to see them have some success barring, you know, how the, the brackets line up and all that, you know, like if they get in CSUA, I'm like, you know, sorry, you gotta go down. 
Yeah, it's just <laughs> going to have to happen that way. Yeah, I, I would agree on both of those teams. I think they've probably been the most consistently dominant. I think North Carolina's ceiling is really high. They seem to have figured it out here down this stretch. I still like Kansas, although their inconsistency kind of worries me a little bit. But I do think having a guy like Dickinson come tournament time, I just think that's a huge difference. And and even, you know, a team like Creighton, as inconsistent as they have been, their ceiling when they're firing, like, I could see them getting hot with Trey Alexander and Shireman and, you know, Kalkbrenner having a true seven-footer. I got to see Creighton twice in, in person for the, the tournament last year in Denver. Those dudes are legit. So, like, that that's a team I could very realistically see getting upset in the first round because they just shoot, like, eight of 40 for, from three. Or I could see them, like, legit winning a national title because Shireman goes on this crazy run and, you know, Kalkbrenner does his thing. Yeah, Creighton is, they're one of the, like, most interesting cases in college basketball this year. I've seen some people so high on them and some people, like, not even want them in the top 25 because they have had some, like, puzzling losses and puzzling outcomes. Um, But just, like, their game that they had yesterday, um, the triple overtime at Seton Hall, I think that that kind of, like, cemented for me, like, okay, Creighton is that good if they can just like not get in their own way they have the guys to do it and i think if it if it goes like it should where you just you build and you like you build up the chemistry and then you don't play your best basketball until march like everybody wants to i think that's where then we've seen creighton be good but being consistent and maybe their best basketball hasn't even happened yet and then like yeah you said they have one of the higher ceilings in the entire country. Obviously, as a CSU guy, I want Creighton to be good. That validates, you know, a major program win for CSU. But Creighton's just a program I've been high on for a couple of years. Like I always had a a bet on a bet slip on them to win the 2020 tournament that never happened. I had them and San Diego State and a couple of fun ones. I still have the tickets. I think I could have like they were only like $5 bets. So I like, if they would have been more, I probably would have like demanded that the casino yeah. give me my money back or whatever, but I kind of like having it just as this weird, like a little souvenir memory of this yeah. super weird season. Totally. I got one quick question for you. Hey. Um, so with, I mean, I guess the, the whole final four last year was weird, but I think everyone singles out Florida Atlantic as being like the mid major, Cinderella run, whatever you want to call it, where they just kind of like flew under the radar and then showed what they actually were in the tournament outside of Colorado State, because I feel like Colorado State is an easy one to talk about. And you can talk about CSU too. But what what are other like mid-major schools, maybe specifically in the Mountain West, do you think like have the potential to be this year's Florida Atlantic? You mentioned New Mexico earlier. I think they're ceiling because of what they can be defensively and just how quickly they can turn it on offensively. Mountain West wise, I, I think I those would be CSU and, and New Mexico. San Diego State, obviously, with Ladie. I mean, he's just a different force with Tremel finally being back. Like I could see them figuring it out here over the next month and making another deep run just because defensively they're so stout. Their shot making though is inconsistent and that worries me. Um Outside of the Mountain West, I still like Drake a lot. I think I think their ceiling's super high. And like if I was gonna pick a 
a mid-major to make a run not going with my heart, which is in the Mountain West, I think it would be Drake. Yeah, Drake, specifically like with Tucker DeVries. I just, he could be a tournament dude that you could just totally see. It's like, oh, he had 30 and 9 and then you yeah. know, 24 and 12 and yeah. just balled out for, you know, uh, this insane run. They defend well. Uh, you know, they're not like a top 50 defense or anything like that, but they're tough. I, I just think teams with the, the veteran presence, I'm always going to lean on them in the tournament. It's why you would like a team like CSU with Isaiah Stevens. I just think those guys tend to come up so big in those moments. 100%. If, yeah, not to like copy you, but I, I think Drake would be the team I lean to. Like outside of the Mountain West, they specifically Tucker DeVries just, he has takeover mode that he can single-handedly like create a run for them. So love that pick. Thanks for coming on, man. This was fun. I'm going to have to get you on more. So oh, totally. chop it up here down the stretch. This, this was so much fun. Love, love talking hoops whenever I can. And it's, uh, it's so nice to, to talk to someone that um, can like spitball it back with me, like play, play some, uh, some vocal ping pong, just back and forth. <laughs> I get it, man. I feel like uh, as college basketball nerds, the folks that don't just tune in, in in March were few and far between these days, but people are missing out. I mean, genuinely, if you only watch a month of college basketball, I feel bad for you. Uh, before we go, plug your Instagram page because it's great. Yeah, just on the side, I run a college basketball page and it's at CBB Uncharted. And I, I just kind of like, I put my own takes out there, put my rankings, I cover games and yeah, just a little little fun project I started two years ago. So, yeah. Thanks, man. Worth your follow. My guy, Will Darkey. Always great to have him on the pod. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new prodigies. And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week. The lipstick stain still on my cheek, like we ain't talk enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions. And this is more about me and all of my self-deception. I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days